Good morning. If you hadn't figured it out, I'm not Pastor Robert. Actually, last Sunday, I'm Frank Jones, by the way. Frankie, Pancho, Papa, whatever. Man, those are bright lights, aren't they? Man, okay. I can barely read anyhow, and now I can't see the page. That might be really interesting. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyhow, so uh, Sunday when we are at the wildlife dinner, Robert says, uh, are you going to be at church next week? I said, well, actually, I think so. Well, I might need you. We're Dwayne are going back out hunting, and if he kills something on Friday or Saturday, we're not making it back. I'll be praying real hard for y'all. They're not here, so I don't know what that says about my prayers. But I'm just thinking that I'm supposed to be here. And uh, so he did text me Friday afternoon and said, we're not making it. I said, okay. So, and the reason I don't want to know too early, because when I do know, the Lord just doesn't let me sleep. Just gives me stuff. So um, Patty says, well, we could in the cafe early. I said, well, you know, it is me. <laughs> and I sometimes can go on. So if you get tired, go ahead and go, but don't leave. And actually, that's Laura to play at the end. It, but can I get y'all all up here and do that? Something about my Jesus, that man. Everything today has been, I told Sunday school class, y'all might as well go home because we already talked about most everything I'm going to talk about. And then we sang about it this morning. And so I'm telling you right now, I'm going to name this thing, There's Got to Be More. And I'm going to share a lot of testimony. A lot of you don't know me and hadn't heard the stories that don't the Sunday schools heard many times, and some other times here too. But um, I am going to be speaking to you out of prophecy, uh, spirit of prophecy. Bible says is the testimony of Jesus. And so, what does that mean? Well, for me today, it means I'm going to share what Jesus did for me. A lot. And he'll do it for you. And I will tell you, are we out of here too? So if we're out there, um, welcome. If you're watching online, and so most of y'all hadn't seen me, so matter of fact, none of you have. Except maybe my kids, if if they got up to watch. But uh, Jesus has done a whole lot in our life. We're, I'm an old rancher. grew up out here in Utopia. Uh, we had a great place to grow up on a ranch and got the See creation from a little kid till and still. And uh, so I spent 51 years in the Methodist church from a baby till 22 years ago. And I've been here ever since. Uh, most of the stuff I got, I got early. And then here at the Limar Church, there was a lot of stuff in partied. Might talk about that a little bit too. But uh, anyhow, we grew up... Uh, Right there on the ranch out here and went to Methodist Church. And like a, probably a lot of people, I think Robert has the same testimony, part of it. I went to church every Sunday, every time the door was open, went to Bible school. Did everything that uh, good Methodists would do. You know, I heard about the stories. I knew about Abraham. knew about Isaac. I knew about Moses. I knew about Jesus. But I didn't know Jesus. And I had a lot of invitations all my life. I can't blame anything on Methodist Church. I love the Methodist Church. Uh, my family pretty much all got saved there, baptized there, um, filled the Holy Ghost there. Believe that or not. Uh, then we came over here and we got a lot of good teaching. 
But if it was no coincidence, it's just like today. I told Arlene, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk because Sunday school was talking about the Holy Ghost a lot, and and that's what I'm talking about here in a minute. And we're singing about what Jesus would do for you and the Holy Spirit this and the Holy Spirit that. And I'm like, man, I think God's lining up something for here to us this morning. So anyhow, uh, we got saved. Uh, I was a church boy. Darlene started going to church a little bit in senior year. We were high school sweethearts and uh, ended up getting married a couple years after that. But she hadn't been to church but just a handful of times just to go with me. So anyhow, and we were in Goliad, Texas, teaching school. And actually, I got fired in my first job in uh, OT, two-teacher system. And I called to go and put up my trailer there. And the secretary said, well, Mr. Jones, uh, superintendent got fired and everybody that was there that he hired got fired too but you didn't get a call no i didn't have a landline <laughs> so anyhow he miraculously got a job and go led got appointed and so we went there and then the first year my dad said y'all need to get in church so we did uh we had a, a holy ghost movement in the methodist church back in those days the lay witness mission they called them and we had a police chief from Houston, Texas, that got healed at a Catherine Kuhlman convention. <laughs> and uh, at that convention, he had three weeks to afford to live. They'd open him up, and he was completely healed of cancer. He had a big problem with his neighbor. And he went there on his last resort and got miraculously healed. And in six weeks, went back to the doctor for zero cancer. And, and uh, he had a great testimony. Do y'all realize that in the Bible, Jesus heals all the time? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He heals all the time. And he healed that police chief. And not only healed him, he restored their relationship with the man he was having trouble with. And they gave that. And here I've been in church all my life, but when we got that call, to go down, I finally didn't resist the leading of the Holy Spirit. Went down and actually made a confession right next to the superintendent that I had a butter in my saddle about. But anyhow, it still worked. God's faithful <laughs> and uh, saved me. My wife didn't even really know much about what saved, didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. She got saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, preparing in tongues, the whole mess. And I was like jealous. I, I've been in church since I was born. You've been six times and you got filled with the Holy Ghost and you have a prayer language? This is not right, Lord. <laughs> Something is wrong here. Wasn't anything wrong with the Lord. <laughs> Wasn't anything wrong with Darlene. But uh, I had a lot of problems. Being in church that long, I had a lot of religious spirits on me. I had a lot of works. I had a lot of uh, rejecting what the Holy Spirit was wanting to do. So I'm going to tell you this morning how important the Holy Spirit is if I get to it. Don't call the cafe. <laughs> I got a few uh, scriptures. Uh, Philippians 3.12 talks about pressing on. And that's kind of what we've been ever, ever since. Because my wife was filled with the Holy Spirit, I got really hungry to know about the Holy Spirit. So we went to a lot of meetings and uh, had Bible studies, and you know they'd put a chair out there in the middle and lay hands on people and pray for them. Well, I wasn't filled the Holy Ghost. So I was, I was like a woo cow coming out of a new gate on that one. I never did like that too much. 
But it made me study about the Holy Spirit. And I got hungry for what she had, and I oppressed it in her. I had to repent about that for a lot of years. And uh, a lot of it was I just didn't read the Scriptures enough to get the true understanding. And finally, when uh, I did, then it happened. But I will tell you, I struggled with it for 25 years. So I have a lot of sympathy for anybody that deals with the Holy Spirit and has a problem there. But uh, it did happen. Uh, I am going to tell you this. this everything I'm doing, is I'm going to try to have some kind of Scripture foundation. Check it out make sure I'm not lying. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, in my language, says, I'm not coming to you with much fancy words. I can't even really say eloquency or whatever that I mean, very well. But with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. So I'm going to tell you this morning, and I believe the Holy Spirit told me this, to speak these out, because it's not just y'all. There's a group outside of here that's watching. But I believe that there's going to be some people healed this morning. And I asked the Lord, what of? And it's like, you name it. A lot of it, broken hearts. A lot of it, offended hearts. A lot of it, broken relationship. A lot of it is physical. I actually believe the Lord said, I'm going to heal some elbows and knee and arthritis. My family is full of miracles. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. And what keeps us from see, receiving them sometimes is we didn't get a miracle. And sometimes our faith runs right out our toes. But that doesn't mean the word's not true. And so we have to step out in faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. But a lot of times we leave it at that. The evidence of things not seen. Well, I won't tell you that in the evidence of things not seen, you spell faith different than we normally do. You spell it R-I-S-K. Sometimes it takes a real risk to step out in faith for a point of contact for those things to come in. You can look really foolish. Just I've had fear to even say what I said a while ago and risk it doesn't happen. But then I have TV land out there that it might happen there, so I'm not going to worry about it. And it's not your problem. It's not... Faith problems, it's doubt problems. So I'm going to show, share some testimonies, what's happened in my life. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And it's been good. But it hasn't been without struggle. And I'm sure you can have the same uh, testimonies. Actually, I believe when I share any of these things, you have your own testimony from the Holy Spirit going through your own heart and mind. Because you know how you got saved. I will say this, when you get saved, if you're radically saved and born again saved, something should change in your life. Something. And I will tell you, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, something should change in your life. Uh, <laughs> when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I, instead of talking uh, coarse talk, you know, that's in the Bible, don't be using coarse talk. That's what happens. You get the Word in you. And the Holy Spirit starts to remind you of these scriptures. And then you have the choice, am I going to be obedient or am I still going to be a rascal? And so anyhow, I started sharing Jesus at the lumberyard. We used to go down and have coffee and, and share stuff. And, and I got kind of zealous, and I was sharing Jesus. And there, my mother came up and said, you know, Frankie, if you don't quit talking about Jesus, 
there's not going to be any friends around you anymore. And I'm like, well, they'll just have to get right because well, how can I'm already done. Like Tracy said the other day, it's too late. It's too late. I've already got that. I can't not do it. What did the disciples say? I can't not preach Jesus. And that's what happens. And so we shouldn't be afraid of the Holy Spirit because he will give you boldness. If you don't think so, go read the book of Acts all through there. One, there was a lot of stuff about they spoke in tongues and they prophesied, but all through there they spoke with boldness. So don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Um, oh, and you might want to turn to this one. You know it by heart. John 1. In the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. I love all of it, but I love that one this, uh, this yesterday when I was looking at it. In him was life. Colossians 3, 3 says we are hidden in Christ with God. That means we have life in us with God in Jesus. Life. And when light rain comes in the darkness, what happens? Darkness flees. Is illness darkness? Or is pain darkness? Yes. Is hurt darkness? Yes. Unforgiveness darkness? Yes. Yeah. But when you invite Jesus in, the Holy Spirit comes in and brings life. And then you can take that word, and don't ever forget this one, you can trust the word of God. It's truth, and you can trust it. When my wife was diagnosed with leukemia years ago, came out and the medicine was $350 a pill, and, and it still is. Uh, Bob knows about it. He, he has that same, same blessing of having to take pills. Mm. Anyhow, we used our insurance up with half of the first prescription, and the doctor says, if you don't do this in a year, you'll be dead. And she came out and said, you need to talk to me. You need to talk to me. And the Holy Ghost just brought it out. The Word of God is true, and you can trust in it. That was our foundation for a battle. How many years ago was that? How many? 17 years ago. He gave us a year. <laughs> but it's been a battle. It's always a battle in the mind. And so I know some are in here dealing with illness and sickness right now. Trust in the Lord. The Word of God is true, and you can trust in it. Now, some have lost loved ones in that. But also, our time is written in his book. I'm not giving an excuse. That's just the truth. And my uh, guy that worked for us for 50 years, Dafo Garcia, always told me, he said, Poncho, when it's your time, it's your time. So I think that's in the Bible, too. Not quite in those terms. <laughs> Let's see if I have another scripture here. Oh, one of the things that we might do today is... Uh, actually had someone come up to me last last week, or week before last, and, and would you impart a gift? So we did that, and it kind of was on my heart. Well, Romans 12, I mean, Romans 1, 11 to 12, talks about imparting spiritual gifts. First Timothy four fourteen. do not neglect the gift that was in you, which was given to you by the prophecy with the laying on of hands of the elders. So there's impartations that happen in the body of Christ. 
to operate in gifts. Uh, I, I don't want to boast except what the Lord has done and what Jesus has done with me and seeking him. And I've always known there's been more. And I got saved. I knew there was more. Actually, I knew there was more when I was a little kid and we'd lay in the middle of the highway in front of the grocery store and our parents were make, cooking and eating and over whatever it was is the pavement would be hot. And guess what? There wasn't much traffic in those days. So it wasn't too dangerous. And we'd lay in that road and look up at the sky. You know, we got great skies around here when it's clear. And we'd look at the stars and the moon and everything and wonder, how did that happen? We knew there was more as a little kid. I went through church hearing all the stuff. I knew there was more. I got saved. I knew there was more. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost now for 23 years, and I know there's more. Not that I've yet arrived, but I press on towards the goal of the upward calling, and now you're not going to know till you see him face to face. That's Scripture, too. So we have a great commission. We talked about it uh, a little in Sunday school. One of them was in Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick. Well, it says preach the gospel, this heal the sick, new cleanse the leper, the most raise the dead. And then if you want to look at Mark 16. It replaces up to 90% of, of tools, favorites. eliminating the hassle of owning a heavy toolbox by combining everything in one. in one. My wife got me one for Christmas, and at first I thought it was kind well, of crazy. Yeah, it might be in but some, after using but it just one all time, mine have added I could in it. So, going to all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. <sighs> Sounds like to me we're supposed to do more than just go to church. Sounds like we are the church wherever we go. And sounds like these are what we're supposed to do. Everywhere Jesus went, he healed people. He cast out demons. He restored them. And that's what we're supposed to do. Attack the works of the enemy. To build the kingdom of God. And that's what we've done. And, and we've been pretty zealous in that. And that we've gone a lot of places. Uh, had a lot of hands laid on us. A lot of impartation. I have a little bit of prophetic anointing that some of you in here probably had some words spoken over you that came to pass several times. Uh, I don't really know what all about it when I was doing it. I just did it. But I can tell you who did, laid hands on me for that, and Knox, because he had a prophetic anointing. And so I have a little of that. Sometimes you have to really question that because you sure don't want to prophesy over somebody that if it's wrong, but I try to never prophesy anything bad, just in case. <laughs> but uh, I am prophesying in the spirit of prophecy about what Jesus has done in my life this morning. Um, it's the Great Commission. There's a lot of things that have happened that have kind of waked me up to what God has done. You know, sometimes we don't think things are happening much. We don't see that many miracles. And that song came out, and he's by uh, Brandon Lake and Cody Corn. Too good not to be to believe. Y'all, y'all know that song. Have you heard it? I love that song. And it's just about how good God is, and He's a miracle-working God, and and He does amazing things. 
And then it gets down and it starts naming some of the things that Brandon had um, seen. He says, I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen resurrection of the dead. I've seen families reunited. I've seen troubled souls fixed. <laughs> I've seen addicts set free. And then I added these. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen open ears. I've seen metal removed. I've seen lungs restored. That's what I could think of offhand. That's what I saw. That's what my wife has seen. When she was sick years ago, 25 years ago, and in the hospital for nine weeks, six of them in intensive care out dying, hooked up to every machine you can get, I saw her dead tell me what you need to decide when to take her off. She's brain dead, not going to live. Her lungs are ruined. And if she did, was to come back, she doesn't have any probably brain or lungs. And actually, the pastor at this church prayed with me the day before, with Randy, at that time. The next day, I went home, and she acted like she might be waking up. And then she was out all this time with tubes everywhere. The next morning, I go in, her lung doctor scratching his head. She's up walking. And her lungs were completely clear overnight. We went back three weeks later. We actually went home three days after that, after nine weeks. Uh, then, then there's a lot of stories. Then they have a fatten up Darlene uh, thing that happened in the Methodist Church, and I gained 35 pounds on it. But she, she finally got back where she could travel. She was about that big then after nine weeks of nothing. But... Uh, Anyhow, uh, we went back three weeks later to the pulmonologist, and, and he went there and did a lung test. Said, well, I'm going to tell you, I thought you probably had permanent lung damage. You got, like, brand-new lungs. Yeah. Yeah. See why I like that song? In my life, I've seen cancer disappear. I actually had cancer. I had non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Had to have... Tried to believe God for it and walked around with a knot on my neck, looked like a goose laid an egg on my neck. And finally one day the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you got to go take care of that, even though my wife was after me to do it. And So I went in the clinic, and I usually have high blood pressure. I didn't have any high blood pressure. I go to my surgeon, and he said, well, I don't do that anymore, but a brand-new surgeon just came in that's a specialist in that. I'll send you to him. He'll take care of it. So I went to him. He said, yeah, you've got what I think is lymphoma. I said, don't I need to cut that big old gooseneck thing, goose egg out of my neck? He said, yeah, we'll do that first. We'll end up with that non-Hodgkin's. And he said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You've got it. But I'm going to send you to Dr. B, and she's got this concoction that i uh, going to give you three chemo treatments, and uh, it'll just wash that right out, and you'll be done. I thought, Man, I believe that one. I wanted to believe that one. And I believed it. And uh, so I went over and got the chemo first, chemo, and they couldn't. I have hard veins, veins to hit. So about after six times, they finally got one. I said, y'all just put it right there. It's, I can hit that one pretty easy. He said, we can't put it there, Mr. Jones. And why not? I said, well, this stuff is so strong that it'll eat a hole in your arm if it leaks. I said, and you're going to put that in me. So they made me go to see Jody. Jody's not here today? Anyhow, Jody put a pick line in for me. 
And Jody hit us. She's really good at it, too. <laughs> and uh, I said, now, Jody, they're going to put that stuff, eats a hole in my arm, in my heart directly now. That works for me. Anyhow, the first treatment I had, I felt the lymph nodes clear out. I, don't, I had real faith in that. Sometimes we just need a point of contact. Whatever you're doing, if that's what you need for that, you hold on to it. If someone gives you a word of knowledge that you have an arthritis in your hand, hold on to it. I might have just been straight from the throne room, which isn't then me speaking. It's God speaking through me to you, whoever it is, whoever it is out there. So anyhow, I went through that. It took me a few months, and I had to carry that pick line around. And uh, But I got healed from that. I've been cancer-free for six years. I will have to admit that I've had two friends, one in here, that had the very same thing, and they're dead. We always have that battle in the minds. We always have to break away from those bad thoughts, those negative thoughts or that, and just celebrate that they knew Jesus. It ain't punishment dying. <laughs> it is great, though, when you get healed, so you can share that testimony maybe to help someone else. We saw drug addicts delivered and set free miraculously. That was in my own family. The hardest thing. Though so there might be some of y'all that dealt with drugs or some of your family. God can fix that. I've seen families that have been broken apart, restored. I worked with Bruce with um, alcoholics and drug addicts, and we saw people heal from that. I have one still calls me regularly. Loves the Lord. Quite a few got healed in that. Right over there, I saw Robert pray over my daughter-in-law and leg grow out. Lonnie, you were right there, Lonnie, remember? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Testimony. Years ago at the Methodist Church, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, there always comes a test with those things. And uh, I was in a building, had us in a prayer room doing revival, rain, and repentance. And we're 30-minute slots. I prayed 10 minutes, and I was done. I already prayed everything I knew how to pray. But I knew I needed to submit and surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. That had been 25 years. So I, out loud in that room, did that. And the room lit up like 10 of those lights in there. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit right there. I didn't get prayer language right there. But later, I confessed to some friends in a prayer group that I would like to have that gift. I, all the gifts he wants to give me, but I'd really like to have that one. A couple of days later, I got in at my house watching TV, praying with Mark Sharona. And so I, I have a lot of sympathy for people that are, are, and I know that's probably people in here that you want a prayer language and you hadn't gotten it yet. Don't give up. 25 years. And I, I, I tell you, you have to believe that it is for you. And it's real important to ask. Matter of fact, we'll just go there. Look at Luke 11. Mostly everything we're doing, it's all in the Bible. If you just read it and believe it and do it. <laughs> so, where am I? Man, my glasses are not working with this very good. Here we go. So I like to start at 9, 11, 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. To him who knocks it will be opened. If the son asks for bread, 
from any father among you, will he be given a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he be given a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, would he offer a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? It's just about asking, and it's pretty important to ask, you know, will you have a witness? That means you mean it. You're taking a risk. And and that's about all it takes. And I've led a many people to the Holy Spirit. And if they're willing to ask in a group and mean it from their heart, they've always been filled with the Holy Spirit. Not all of them have gotten a gift of, of prayer language immediately, but they have gifts. And then Paul tells us, well, you know, I pray in tongues more than everybody, and I sing in tongues, and I sing in my language, but uh, don't forbid speaking in tongues, he says. But... Um, Pray for prophecy. Prophecy could be what I'm doing. Prophecy could be speaking the word. It could be foretelling. There's a lot of things that can come under the title of prophecy. Uh, so, in other words, he's saying get, use the gifts that will build up the church, but if you have the gift of tongues, pray for interpretations so you can use that and build up the church. But don't forbid speaking in tongues. So a lot of people, that has been lost a lot in the churches because somebody prays in tongues and no one interprets. Interprets. It doesn't translate, interprets. Well, that doesn't mean that person was wrong. That means maybe the person that could interpret didn't interpret. But it says don't just keep doing it. So anyhow, don't get all bent out of shape about that. I think it's the one thing in churches that uh, in a Holy Spirit-led church that can cause a lot of problems, and it shouldn't. It's in the Bible. You know, believe it, read it. Get the truth. Get the truth. A lot of it has happened. I asked about that in Sunday school the other day, what would cause people, and, and uh, one came up to me after and said, well, what turned me off for a long time was I got in the prayer line somebody tried to push me down. Don't do that if you're ever praying for people. Don't, don't push people down. You lay hands on them, let the Holy Ghost do that. Okay? We don't want to be foolish. We don't want to be stupid. Actually, I can sense a few are squirming right now in here. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Robert. <laughs> you have to fix what I mess up. <laughs> I know that squirm. I squirmed for 25 years. I know it. Don't forget it. <laughs> oh, man, was I slow to act. Uh, I told you, I think about the metal. Greg Major was here one day, and he had jerked his thumb off roping, steer roping, <laughs> And they had him put it back on and pinned it and came up for prayer and Bill Schaefer. And I remember Bill right over there prayed for him. And the next day he was working the pin shot out of his thumb. That's what my Jesus can do. I, I think some of you heard the one about the, the mission trip in uh, uh, Mexico. Over down there and they brought this vagrant in and, and they brought him to me. And, oh, he stunk really bad. I mean, he's a bad street person. And uh, I learned one thing right there. Jesus was always moved by heart of compassion and love. That's got to be the heart of everything we do. Everything. If it's not, it just can be like, I want to buy that gift. You know, it's it's wrong reason, wrong heart. But anyhow, I'm praying for this guy, and we were taught a few lines of Spanish. And... Uh, one of them was, uh, I command every demonic spirit to leave and 
in the name of Jesus. I think that's right, isn't it? Something like that. Anyhow, the, the demon knew it. And so nothing was happening, but I reached around and hugged that guy and loved him. He dropped out of my arms like you hit him with a rocket. And the Spirit of God fell on him. And then later, I went back. I was going to give him some money, and I gave him some American dollars. And, oh, this guy was about this tall. I couldn't recognize him because I looked back, and he's dancing in the aisles, and he's this tall. And I asked Robert what it was. He says, well, he was oppressed by the devil. So when I prayed that prayer, not him really knowing what it was, but the enemy knew, then he left. That's what Jesus can do. And um, so I go back, and so I ask him, you want pesos or catalas, I think it is. What's down there make pesos? Uh, uh, instead of dollars. And he, he can't hear. He said, I can't hear. And uh, I think Marlo was there. Yeah, Marlo. And Marlo's talking to him, and he says, he said, I can't hear. I'm deaf. I reached up and touched his ears, and boom, he could hear like that. That, that wasn't me, I can tell you right now. That was the anointing that was in that place to minister to these people because God sent us. I, don't, I can't heal anybody. I can't even call up a big buck for Dwayne. <laughs> Tried. Tried my best. You better get one, Dwayne, if you're going to watch this. After This is what you normally do, not me. All right, let's see if there's anything else I left on here. Oh, my favorite in life was um, in here. I had a prophetic word spoken of by my friend Bill Dean. I was actually preaching a message on a Wednesday night for, for Robert. And he said, Frankie, you're going to, God tells me to tell you, you're going to be a part, you're going to raise somebody from the dead. I'm like, okay, I know it's in scripture. Okay, everybody laughed. I said, but okay, I'll believe it. Whatever you say. <laughs> Well, I think it was a, maybe six months, a year later, when we were in, in Bryan at my daughter's house, and there for my granddaughter, Parker, and she's not here to tell it but today, but uh, anyhow, uh, she was about three, and the Lord woke me up. Holy Spirit woke me up about five o'clock in the morning, and clears the bell. I heard him say, if you believe me today, I'm going to show you my resurrection power. That's another little cute thing about knowing Jesus. He speaks to you. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, I said, okay, Lord, I believe you. I don't know what it is, but the only sick person I know is in San Antonio in the hospital, and we're not going there today, but whatever you say. So we're having this birthday party. My daughter was a big swimmer, still is. She has a swimming pool and she always wants water. So here our granddaughter, I think, was three, right? And it's a public pool, and the deepest part's four foot, but most of the kids are, you know, little. Little kids. And so, um, anyhow, we're in that pool. And I'm videoing this with my little fancy new Super 8 millimeter protector. <laughs> the whole birthday party. And there's one little kid there. Christian is little too, three years old. And uh, he's running around and his parents are sitting there. And I, this is all from watching the film later. And a little bit, you don't see him. And a little bit more, you see the mother look and... Then you see the dad looking around, and the party goes on, and we're cutting the cake, and we're doing this, and I'm filming everybody, and I see the mom and dad get worried, and I look around. About that time, the whistle blows. Everybody's out of the pool. 
and little Christian went, jumped off the four-foot piece and drowned. And he, looking back at the film, it was about 15 minutes he was drowned underwater. So they get him out, and they're working on him. And Darlene and I get as close as we can. And my son-in-law's grandmother, which was a missionary in Brazil for 30 years, and we were praying and praying and praying and believing God and speaking life. The word is life into that, that little boy. And they were just worn out working on him. And he was blue and limp as a dish rag. And they rolled that boy over and we watched life. And that kid. And they took him into the room. About that time, the EMS got there. They loaded him up, and they were hauling him out. My son-in-law said, let's all pray. We all did. He started yelling. They took him to the hospital, checked him out about two hours, took him home. And every year after that, he's swimming in pools like this with his little head out. We're all freaking out. <laughs> but God restored that kid to life. And a prophetic word from my old cop buddy spoke that word. We believed it. We hung on to it, and then we acted. We took a risk to go out there as close as they would let us to be praying. And we prayed in the Spirit. And we prayed. And that kid came back to life. That's all back. But, y'all, there's still things happening. Still things happening. Did y'all see the prayer request the other day I put from my friend? Had a big mass on his pancreas. The prayer team prayed for him. He texted me the next week. I have no cancer. I don't know what that was. I can think of a thousand scenarios what that could be. But all I know is I was blind and now I can see. That's what he says. So hang on to it. Hang on to it. God's real. I'm trying to build you up in the most holy faith. It's still there. He's still working. Even though I don't see him working, he's still working. Yes, he is. He's a good God. Then there's another scripture I just want to touch on. How, how much time I got? How long have I been? Too long? Um, now, one more little scripture that the Holy Spirit brought to my mind. I can't read the rest. I wrote too, too, too bad. Anyhow. Uh, gosh, where is it? I think I wrote it down a while ago. Oh, Matthew 5, 23. And it talks about if you're going to make an offering. It's, I believe there's a scripture in there that said, you know, let's get past all these foundational truths. You know what they were? The gospel, laying on of hands, raising the dead. <laughs> those are foundational. We need to have those foundations working all the time. So, but if you're, you know, it's going past that. And get on to the more important things. And I think the most important, and Tracy brought this out, and Lex actually preached on it, what, several weeks ago about love. And when we're operating love, all these things that have been working, love just will multiply all of that. Because we want to get the heart of Jesus, what he wants about it, what he thinks about it, what he's believing for. And so... Scripture and that scripture talks about right there in Matthew five twenty three. If you're going to make a gift, an offering, 
This one really jumped on me too. Uh, leave it at the altar. Go be reconciled to your brother. And then go back and make your offering. Now, when you have the Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit's talking about that and you know you haven't dealt with some stuff, you need to deal with it. And, and that's my meanness today. Because <laughs> we have to deal with it. That's the great thing about freedom prayer. You can go in there and no one tells anybody about it and you can go in there in a group believe God with you and you can get rid of that. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't need to go be reconciled. You know, we're to reconcile everybody to God for their salvation, but we need to reconcile to our brothers, Scripture says, for love's sake. Jesus' love's sake. I don't care how much bad stuff they did to you. It's You're the ones in prison, not them. They may not even care. And you don't go and tell them, I forgive you for what you did to me. No, you go and say, I'm sorry whatever I did that caused you to feel this way. I want you to forgive me and go on your way. You're set free. You release them to the power of the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit can work in their lives. And then it's up to them what they want to surrender. That is my preaching, teaching, hellfire, and damnation message. <laughs> and that's a hard one for that we have to look at. You'll be surprised what doors are open if you can come to that point in your life. And we've all had them. Is there anybody in here who would like to raise their hand up and said they've never had a bug in their saddle about that? I'm looking close. That means all of you need to come to the altar in a minute. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just about done. I think I am done. Except for this, that Jesus breathed on the disciples in John 20, 22. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. But they did receive the Holy Spirit. They'd been with him three years. You'd think that would already happen. That's before he ascended. But then he said, you got to go to Jerusalem and wait around until the Holy Spirit falls and fills you. And then there's a lot of testimonies in Acts where um, after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they went and taught people. They laid hands on them. They imparted gifts. They healed the sick. Um uh, they quit denying Jesus. They were empowered to do what was they were called to do. That's the main reason to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll give you an opportunity. I'm going to have a prayer team here in a little bit. Uh, if you want any gifts imparted, if they have it or speak it, you can receive it. Um, we need a lot of discernment of spirits right now in this day and time. Yeah, everybody needs a prayer language. I, I do because I'm a weak person. I mean, people hurt my feelings. I got to pray a lot in spirit. You'd think I'm above it. I'm not. I'm, I haven't arrived yet. I press on. Uh, the word has got to come alive in us. It has to be the author and finisher of our faith. So if you don't like to read, listen. And talk, just put on praise music and preaching or watch it or there's a lot of ways to get the word in you uh, you can memorize word you can just read this word and the bible says when you need it the holy spirit will bring it out and give it to you in my interpretation you've heard me do that now for however much time it is because i'm not the best in memorizing the word but i've worn out three bibles and on my fourth one <laughs> 
It's very important. It's something that we should do. You should do out there. Because if not, you'll start trying to develop your truths out of your own ideas and your own hurt feelings and your own deficiencies. deficiencies. A lot of times we don't do it because we battle a lot with the spirit of insecurity. And uh, the enemy's really sweet doing that. He knows how to really make you feel like you're not worthy. Feels like if you do that, you'll become arrogant. I hope I hadn't become arrogant sharing my testimony. What? A few things. But it's everyday stuff, the Holy Spirit. He's my best friend. I just don't even try to do anything without deleting the Holy Spirit because I'm just not smart enough. I need to tell me, don't go here and don't go there. Don't do this. Do this. You need to go tell that person this. This is my word for them. It'll affect their life eventually. Just do it. And uh, if the spirit of rejection is really hard to deal with. Don't worry about rejection. Most of my friends that I was worried about being rejected come to this church now. Yeah. Yes. So anyhow, uh, if my prayer team would come forward, that I picked out, please. And would y'all all play that uh, song again? Something about my Jesus? We get all these great musicians up. And, and if anybody, um, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you want one of these persons to uh, lay hands on you and just say, receive the Holy Spirit, just if you tell them, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's all you have to do. If you want a prayer language, you don't have it, just tell them, I'd like to have a prayer language with that baptism. You'll get it sooner or later. I don't know when. I, I'm not the author of that. The Holy Spirit likes to give it. If you want just words uh, of knowledge, if you want any gift the Holy Spirit needs, thinks you need to have to be a more effective minister of His love, of His love working through you, then to do that. If there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, the first thing is you got to know Jesus. You heard that testimony. We're the prophecy. You need to know Jesus first. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be empowered to do what He calls you to do. And let go of all those bad experiences you had with people trying to pray the Holy Ghost in you and push you around and yell at you and tell you you're going to hell if you didn't receive the Holy Spirit. And Don't go there. Just go to that point. And you young people, what a precious thing when young people get filled with the Holy Ghost. My whole family got filled with the Holy Ghost as kids, except for me <laughs> and my wife. It's so precious. So precious. And so now we're working on the great-grandkids. And so that's starting to work, too. Even my little was four years old told me the other day, Papa, I don't have Jesus in my heart yet. And I said, well, you want him? He says, yes, I do. I said, well, pray this prayer with me. Boom, prayed a prayer and got saved four years old. Five years old now. But he's still a stinker, I'm telling you. <laughs> Sharon said, he's an old boy. Yes, he is. So anyhow, let's keep it up, man. If you don't do it anywhere else, do it in your own house, right? So anyhow, let me pray. And then y'all go ahead and start playing. Lord, I just thank you right now that boldness comes over this congregation. Even those out there, boldness to do what Holy Spirit is leading them to do right now. That they spell faith as risk, R-S-K. Risk it being looking foolish. Risk it doing something never done before. 
Risk it to grab a hold of the word of hearts being healed, lives being restored, bodies being healed. If you need a touch from Jesus, he will give it to you if you ask him to. I've seen it over and over and over. Let him come into your heart and do whatever he wants to do. The Holy Spirit will do it. There's a purity. There's angels being released in this room right now to minister to you. Whether you're in your seat or you want to come up with one of these prayer people, whatever it is, let them, let's build your own story of what Jesus did for you. In Jesus' name, amen.